This is Blue of the Blue Void, and you're listening to Undergroundopolis. Mine. 
Well, we'll start out with the easy questions. If there were someone you ever saw on stage or even on TV or anything, and you you got excited and said, you know what, I want to do that. I want to be a musician. Who would that influence be? There could be more than one. Yeah, you know, the biggest influence is on me. When I was... When I was five years old, as early as five years old, I could remember seeing Johnny Cash in concert. He did some kind of fundraiser up in Dayton, and I just, for whatever reason, Mom decided that it would be a good idea to take kids to this concert because it was like a Shriners thing. And uh, I had to take a nap just to be able to stay up late to go see Johnny Cash. And it never really occurred to me till later in life, man, I got to see Johnny Cash in concert. So, yeah, as, as early as five years old, I remember seeing, you know, him and just thinking, man, that would be fun. Uh, I, I went through the kiss phase for a little while and uh, just just really idolized Ace Frehley as a guitar player. And uh, thankfully, I grew out of that phase and ah. just really got, in, <laughs> really got into the great songwriters like Springsteen, uh, Tom Petty, and uh, one of my favorites, Steve Earle. So just just watching those guys, I that, I knew that's what I wanted to do. So you write your own songs now, so, and you got albums out and stuff, don't you? Yeah, I got two full uh, ten song studio albums out. Uh, we we released two of them in two years. So the first one came out in 2019, and then we released uh, Emerge. Just uh, what I what I had uh, anticipated being the end of the pandemic in 2021. As it turns out, it. The pandemic got an extension, so the album was still still remained relevant for another year. But right. uh, we released actually we celebrated the anniversary of the Emerge release uh, yesterday, May the first. Do you have a particular creative process you use, or does a song just tap you on the shoulder and you got to write it right then? Songs come to me in pieces. Um, I, I I try to keep. Uh, a journal or, or uh, I do a lot of singing into my phone. I might be singing pig Latin or just humming a melody. But if a melody hits me, I'll try to capture it in some kind of voice recording. Um, things like song titles or song concepts may just kind of randomly jump into my head and I just kind of write those down. And then, then at some point, uh, I'll, I'll go into songwriting mode and I'll just kind of sit down and try to take this piece and add it to that piece and see what fits and what doesn't fit. And so far that's worked pretty good for me. But I mean, it's, it's the process kind of, it just depends on what kind of mood I'm in. I might be, I might be inspired just immediately to write a song about a concept and that melody just comes to me right away and I run with something like that. But you know, there's, there's some songs that come to you really quick and some you just really have to dig deep and work for. I think uh, somebody quoted Hank Williams the other day as saying, "If you have, if it takes you longer than ten minutes to write a song, then it ain't worth writing." I'm, I have to disagree with that, although I, you know Hank Williams cer- certainly knows how to write a good song. But if, uh, a lot of the songs that I write are, are narratives. They, you know, they they, they might tell a, uh, a historical ballad. It might be a story like the Cajun uh, Casey Jones song that was on Emerge, or the Furnace Mountain song. You know, there's a story to tell. And you can't always tell a story, you know, uh, in, in four or two or three short verses. And sometimes you just got to kind of sit down and just let it marinate a little bit and let it come to you. Where all have you played? Have you gone on a full-length tour yet or anything or long runs? Or? Um, but, yeah, we've uh, we've got some stuff coming up in, 
the Knoxville area in September, but I played at Settlers in Nashville. I played at uh, um, the Blue Plate Special down in Knoxville. That's oh, that's kind of that's a yeah, that's kind of hollow ground down there. So that's pretty that's, good. That's, that, that's a feather in your hat. That's what that is. <laughs> yeah, that was that was fun. It was a lot of fun. Uh, did uh, I got in on the open mic at the Bluebird twice? Uh, there's some more hallowed ground there, Bluebird down in Nashville, so that was fun. Outside of that, uh, you know, I mean, I've I kind of cut my teeth touring with a, a, a country band in, back in the late '90s in West Texas. So we traveled all over the uh, the area in San Angelo and Abilene, Schneider, up towards Lubbock, uh, even down towards San Antonio, just playing '90s country covers, and then uh, kind of stepped into dad mode for a while and and. Uh, uh, stepped away from um, from country music for a few years while I, uh, while I was raising my kids, and uh, once once my last one got out of high school, I went went right into the studio and just kind of started getting back to work. But uh, since then, I uh, put the band together and we played uh, the venue in Moorhead. That's a really really great place to play. I'll be playing back there. Uh, I'm gonna say it's May the 20th, so I'll be I'll be back there here in a few weeks. That's a really really cool place to go watch live music. I've seen videos. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's a that's a good played uh, the Stay Fest, which is a music festival here in Lawrenceburg. We played it a couple times. Um, we we have a really really big following in Louisville because a lot of us are uh, uh, are in our are in a church band, so we get we get a lot of uh, support from the folks at the Revolution Church that follows around Louisville. And uh, there's a place there in J-Town called Chevy Ray's Pizza. That's kind of one of our favorite places to play because we can usually. Pack the house, get about eighty people in there on a good night. What would you say is your most favorite show you've ever played? It could be more than one. Moving into tougher Probably. questions. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's it's going to be one of my release parties. Uh, probably the first one because I think that first one was pretty special and and we had a really really great turnout. We uh we had that one at the Versailles Brewing Company in Versailles and uh, man we must, there must have been a about 200, 250 people in there that night. So it's 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 just fun to 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 have folks show up to listen to what you have to offer. When you do a release party, it's a lot like showing somebody pictures of your kids for the first time. You know, that's what it feels like. You're you're giving birth to some something really special to you, something important to you that you've really labored hard to try to create. And yeah, so um, either either release parties. The last one. We it was a little more thinner because we decided to have it outside, and although it was you know we had it in May, we, we ended up hitting some bad weather, and that that really affected our attendance. But we still had a pretty good turnout. We ended up having that uh, that that one is that was at the Green here in Lawrenceburg, and it was it was really nice to see the city of Lawrenceburg uh, support local music and let us uh, use use their place to have the release party. So we had food trucks and uh, um, yeah. Lot of, you know, like I said, it's, those, those release parties are a lot of fun. I've played a lot of uh, uh, worship uh, venues, worship gigs, because, you know, I, I am a pastor of worship in a Methodist church, and I've been doing worship for about 20 years. And I had the privilege of uh, playing uh, what they call the annual conference in the Kentucky United Methodist Church, and there, there was probably about 3,000 people at that gig. Wow. And I'm, you know, I mean, I played... Uh, I played a, a hymn and a couple of you know modern worship songs, and hearing three thousand people sing, there's nothing like that. Oh, okay. uh, and, 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 yeah. I mean, in fact, it's still my favorite thing to do is is to uh, just to lead worship, just because 
you know, you you really feel like you're connected to something so much greater than yourself. And, you know, you'll start into a song, and the next thing you know, you got 200, 300 people singing in with you, and that that's the greatest feeling in the world. I'd much rather do that and have people stare at me. Well, that's, that's all part of it. That's pretty impressive, man. And you're the, you're probably the first pastor or any kind of worship artist I've had on here, which I've been meaning to do. And I didn't know you did that. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so that's, yeah. That's there's, a, there's a spirit. There's a spiritual component component to to a lot of my tunes if you uh, if you pay attention to them. We hit a milestone tonight, huh? <laughs> well, I'm, I'm I'm honored to be a part of it. Well, here's the counter question: What would you say your worst performance was? Oh gosh! <laughs> I love this question. <laughs> this is where I'm supposed to say, well, I don't remember the worst one because you're supposed to forget those right away. I don't know. It, it would probably, I, you know, the one that comes to mind. My worst performance was early on, and uh, to this day, I never forget it because these these kid, these guys still come to watch me play uh, 30 years later. But uh, I, I did their wedding, and this was this was in like a 90, 93, maybe. Gosh, forgive me, guys, if they if they end up listening to this because they're going to be mad. I don't know what year it was, but anyway, they they invited me to play the wedding, and I did two songs, and I'll never forget. I put brand new strings on my guitar, and I thought that was going to be a a really smart thing to do because you know a guitar sounds so much better when it's got a new set of strings. I wasn't seasoned enough to realize that when you when you put a new set of strings on a guitar, they they have stretching left to do. And I, even though I tuned it, I tuned it right before the wedding. It sat there and and went out of tune while I was waiting on my turn to play. And that is the most embarrassing feeling in the world. To, uh, when you grab your guitar and it's out of tune. Finally, the the pianist that was there, she turned around. She said, "Honey, it's okay. You can you can tune your guitar." <laughs> so, uh, we 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 still laugh about that, but yeah, that was embarrassing. That that might be one of my favorite stories, actually, which is what this show is all about. <laughs> to try to get the stories out of the artist, you know. <laughs> yeah, oh man, yeah. I've, I've I've had a lot of embarrassing moments on stage, that's for sure. Well, you can for... share as many as you want. <laughs> <laughs> I'm good. <laughs> all right. <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah, yeah. There's always stories of, of forgetting the words. I I had to Elvis through uh, uh, the the entire. Uh, Itty Bitty, there was a, Alan Jackson did a cover of Tom T. Hall's Itty Bitty back in the day, and, and, uh, we, we never used music stands. You know, I was, I always kind of prided myself on the fact that I could memorize so many songs. I got, I got cocky with it, and then one night I forgot the words to every stinking verse of Itty Bitty. Except for the chorus. Everybody, you know, that wasn't exactly a challenging one to grab, but, and so, you know, you just kind of mumble through it. I don't know if you ever watched, uh, any of the old live Elvis Presley stuff, and he forget the words, he just kind of mumble a little bit. But, you know, when you're Elvis, you can get away with that and still look cool. What would you say your favorite song to play live is? Yeah, we, we've been we've been doing the cover of Marshall Tucker's Can't You See for about as long as I've been playing uh, uh, harmonica. And that's, that that for whatever reason, that song, that's the one that makes people get their phones out and start running, start start recording the videos and the Facebook lives pop up and I don't know what it is but it's, there's there's a way that we do it um, we, we we change the key on it because if you haven't noticed I'm a baritone so Randy Travis trying to sing classic rock is not a good mix so I have to drop songs way down to fit my range 
and then I play a, a, a blues cross harp on it instead of, you know, the, uh, the flute like they use in, in, uh, you know, in the studio arrangements. So that's always been a crowd favorite. So I still love to play it. But my favorite original song to do is probably going to be Casey Jones or Indian Creek. Uh, those, those, both those songs get good responses. What would you say your most personal song is to you? The most personal. Um, can it be any song, or are we talking about original? Generally, one you wrote, written, yeah. Yeah. Um. So the mo- the most personal song to me is uh, a song called uh, "Bluegrass American Dream." It's a title track off of the first album, and I, I wrote this song. Um, w- that was always going to be the title track of the album, for which, for some reason, I just had it in my head that I wanted to have a Kentucky-themed debut album, and the title needed to be Bluegrass American Dream. So I wrote this, that, that song I wrote w- with a title already in hand. And then I ended up writing a song about the about my family, so it was very autobiographical. So every, uh, every verse tells the story of a different generation, uh, including me and my kids. So it's really about four generations uh, growing up on an eastern Kentucky tobacco farm, and uh, it's, it's a story of you know, working hard and not having a whole lot as a kid growing up and spending your whole life, you know, thinking one day how, how awesome it's going to be to finally get away. And then when you finally do get away, you, you end up spending the rest of your life trying to figure out how to get back to where you left. And that's exactly what happened to, to my dad, and that's exactly what happened to me. And, and you know, now I'm looking at my kids, and, and they're, they're starting to enter into that age where they're still trying to figure out where they're going to land and, uh, I mean, I'm just kind of hoping they'll make their way back, you know, to where I started. So that's what it's about, and that's it's personal to me for a lot of reasons. It's personal to me because I wrote it while my dad was still alive, and uh, and I know he really appreciated it. Uh, it's personal to me because of that. And we, when he passed away in June of '21, and it became even more personal to me. Uh, we we played it after uh, his memorial service uh, when we all met at the house at the wake. Uh, that was the first song that we played. Would you say you prefer the studio or the stage? Oh, man, that's a tough one. <laughs> that's a tough I like, one. I like to make the guests think. <laughs> <laughs> man, I love I love live shows, but I got to tell you, the, create, the creative process in the studio, I, I think I would, I think I'd stay in the studio if I could. Plus, I don't have to tear down. <laughs> That's true. <laughs> Tapping those heavy speakers after a four-night gig isn't as easy as it used to be. If you could work with any producer, who would that be? Don Wass. Oh yeah. Yeah. Why is that? Oh, man, I just, uh, I, I just, I'm just a fan of just some of his work. I think one of the most amazing albums that uh, I ever heard he produced was one with Travis Tritt. He did one with Travis Tritt uh, back in the late '90s, and I, I, I want to say it was called uh, Ten Foot Tall and Bulletproof. I believe it was the name. He did a couple of them with Travis, but man, no, 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 that's not it. Restless Kind, that was the album. Every song on there was just, he, he just took Travis, Travis's music to another level. But the man's a magician. What do you got coming up? You want to plug in before we, before we wrap up, wrap this up? Sure. Yeah, I'm playing back at the venue at Moorhead on May the 20th. Uh, I got a band gig with the Fugitives at the Barbecue Fest. Uh, we're playing May 28th. I think we're a 7 o'clock slot. And it, uh, it sounds like we're playing at the State Theater, inside the State Theater stage, so that's going to be cool. And then we're doing uh, Overtones Live 
uh, at the Tipsy Cow in Georgetown on June the 2nd, so I'm pretty excited about that. Be watching for that. There should be some Facebook feeds on that one. Then we got another band gig at the Rickhouse Pub uh, down in Lexington, the Distillery District, on June 17th. Is there anything at all you want to you want to plug in? Got a band camp website? Yeah, uh, you you can catch me uh, um, at dot com. Some website. I'll, the links to all my social media is there. But you can find me on Facebook, D Boone Pittman and the Fugitives, Instagram, D Boone Pittman. Uh, that's D Boone like Daniel Boone. Um, that's a long story. But, uh, <laughs> the, yeah, any, anywhere you can stream music, Spotify, Apple Music, uh, Pandora, Amazon, you, you can, you can find my music out there as well. I've uh, got some good, some really cool music videos out on YouTube. I'd like to get some traction on those. If y'all having a chance to see, watch any of those, give those a look, give those a look. Like my whiskey straight and neat, she likes frozen daiquiris, and I like mountains. She likes the feet. Bluegrass music makes me high. She don't understand just why. I like a mountain. She likes the feet. Well, there ain't much that we both can't agree. When it comes to love, nothing fits like her and me. We don't always need to see just eye to eye. Except where we want to live when we retire. Well, that day is coming soon, but it seems so out of reach. Cause I like a mountain, she likes to be. Hey everybody, this is C4 Ibrahimi, and this is your corny joke of the week. What do you get when you shake an egg? But a dizzy chick. Ha 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 ha.